Well, good morning. It's always a, a pleasure to preach in Estes Chapel, and I was especially glad to receive uh, Reverend Legron's invitation to preach for the Awards Chapel. Uh, I am the father of three school-age children, and so we spend a lot of time at home celebrating awards. Uh, we celebrate them uh, in a very big way. Uh, I've even written songs to celebrate our children's awards. Uh, so I, I, I love celebrating people's accomplishments. It's, it's wonderful. Celebrating awards is, is fun. Uh, it is a good and joyful thing to do. Uh, being a parent of three school-age children, I'm also a little prone to eavesdropping on other parents' conversations with their kids. Anybody do that? Any of you parents out there? Nobody's willing to admit it, but, you know. Um, for example, uh, I call one of the, the conversations that I like to eavesdrop on the threat. Uh, this takes place in grocery stores, you know, in, in department stores, and, you know, the kid's misbehaving, and the, the mom or the dad, you know, start, you know, yelling at the kid, if you don't stop that right now, we're going home, and you're not going to get a thing, right? And of course, um, the kid stops for a moment and then keeps doing it, and maybe you make the threat again, but, but in fact, you don't make good on the threat. Now, this, for me, always causes me to feel self-righteous and smug, um, because I, I tell myself that you know, I would never make an empty threat. Right? If I make a threat, I'm going to make good on it. It's sort of like my deadlines for my students, right? Every semester, I stress over and over that I will not accept papers after a certain deadline, right? And then, you know, the emails start coming like they did yesterday. Uh, you know, they had four weddings and three funerals at their church last week. Uh, and, you know, seven people in the hospital, uh, they, they just need an extra day. And, of course, I cave. So... Um, uh, the conversation between parents and kids, though, that, that really intrigues me the most is one that goes like this. You can be anything you want if you just work hard enough. You ever hear that one? Anybody ever have that? You've had someone say that to you? If you just work hard enough, you can be anything you want. There's only one problem with it. It's not true. You can't be anything you want if you just work hard enough, and neither can I. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I, I played baseball, and my dream was to be a professional baseball player. And I worked really, really hard at it. I was a catcher. I worked hard at my defensive game, throwing out base runners, blocking pitches in the dirt, hitting with power to the opposite field, and so forth. Um, by the time I, I was college age, I knew it wasn't in the cards. I could have worked 100 hours a week for the rest of my life. I wasn't going to make the big leagues. Now, I could say the same thing about a, a million other things. Uh, no matter how hard I work at it, I'll never be able to play the guitar like Lawson Stone. Right? It's just not going to happen. I'm, I'm not going to be able to, to play the guitar like Dr. Stone. And no matter how hard I work at it, I will never be able to sing karaoke like Doug Matthews. It's just not going to happen. Oh. A big part of being a Christian is learning to ask better questions. Instead of asking, what do I want to be, 
or what do I want to do when I grow up? A much better question is, how is God calling me to serve? Even better, what role is the Holy Spirit equipping me to fill in the body of Christ? Instead of telling our children, you can be anything you want if you just work hard enough, we should be telling them, God may one day call you to do something you can't do on your own, no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you work at it. But rest assured, if God calls you to do something, God will help you to do it. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to do anything that God calls you to do. And the ironic thing is that this is actually the more realistic advice. The myth of self-determination is just that. It will disappoint you every time. But when we acknowledge the poverty of our own resources and lean into the Spirit's presence and power, we can do amazing things, especially when we work together. With the Apostle Paul, I believe that the Holy Spirit equips the body of Christ so that it lacks nothing that it needs for worship and witness throughout the world. Now, Asbury Theological Seminary isn't the church in any straightforward sense, but we are part of Christ's body. The body of Christ is a gifted body. The evidence for this is all around us. In our midst, there are people who are gifted at reading and translating foreign languages. They make great biblical scholars. The rest of us teach theology. But seriously, the gift of facility with languages is indispensable for the spread of the gospel around the world. We have to have it. And in every generation, the Holy Spirit ensures that we do. Some of you sitting here this morning may one day take Dr. Witherington's or Dr. Arnold's place on the faculty here at Asbury, and others will deploy your gifts of language in missionary service in other parts of the world. The body of Christ is a gifted body. In our midst, there are people who have extraordinary administrative gifts. They can run and not grow weary. They can sit in meetings all day and not faint. It really is amazing. But seriously, gifts of administration and oversight are crucial in the body of Christ. Without them, we would be a disorganized mess. Just imagine putting the theologians in charge of operations. Nothing would ever get done. We'd just sit around talking things to death. Gifts of administration and oversight really are essential. In every generation, the Holy Spirit raises up bishops and superintendents, seminary presidents and provosts to make sure the body of Christ is organized for mission and service around the world. Friends, the body of Christ is a gifted body. As the Apostle Paul puts it in our text this morning, the gifts that the Holy Spirit so generously gives are for the common good. The beauty of the body of Christ lies in the whole, not the parts. No one gift is better than another. No one gift is to be sought more than another, unless, of course, it is the gift of love. The gifts of the Spirit are for the upbuilding and efficacy of Christ's body. There are no bad gifts. There are no lesser gifts.
If we ever thought so, then perhaps it is because we tend to celebrate some gifts more than others. We tend to acknowledge and celebrate gifts of preaching and teaching more often than gifts of service, skilled labor, or hospitality. Across space and time, we tend to celebrate the gifts of the literate more than the illiterate, the highly educated more than the barely educated, the sound-minded and able-bodied more than the disabled among us. With this in mind, we would do well this morning to recall the rest of the passage from 1 Corinthians. St. Paul says, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. In a few moments, we're going to honor a few of our members. A few people among us will receive awards today. This is a right and good and joyful thing. It's even biblical. So let us celebrate and honor one another enthusiastically. But let us also look for opportunities later today and throughout the week to honor and celebrate those among us whose gifts may not be recognized today, especially those among us who, for one reason or another, may be suffering. Let us keep the faith by caring for and honoring all the members of the body. Above all, let us remember that as we honor and celebrate one another, it is the Holy Spirit who deserves all honor, glory, and praise. Apart from the Spirit, our best efforts and hardest work will always come up short. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, the contributions of all the members of the body are indispensable, both for the common good and for the transmission of the gospel in the world. In the power of the Spirit, the carpenter, and the mason do not just build houses for those who teach and preach. They bear witness to Christ in wood and stone for all the world to see. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.